I'm sure you have in your life experienced a story a person tells that seems to change over time. And not just for adding detail, but seems to, the fish seems to get bigger each time. Or the, you know, the excitement gets greater every time the story is told. Perhaps the details are completely different each time. It happens all the time. People, when they tell maybe a stretched truth or maybe an outright lie when they're telling a story, if you ask them a month later, they can't remember exactly what they had told you because, well, it wasn't true to begin with. So they, they have to remember their name they told you. Or they have to remember uh, how big the fish really was. Or they have to remember how many people it was they talked to. Or how great they really were. You know, when you tell a lie, you have to lie to cover the lie. And guess what? You're never going to remember the lie. And so it's devastating when that happens. You know, there's many times where uh, I would go into London and Toronto. And I would go and I'd buy lunch for people who live on the streets. And I'd always ask them their story. They love to tell you their story because they know the power of story, right? You get sucked in and you're going to be really empathetic and you're going to give them lots of money. Well, I would always love to hear their stories. And sometimes I'd meet the same person again and again. And, and I have a really good memory for people's life stories. And uh, I, I would remember like, well, that's not your lame you told me last week. And that's not the story you told me last week. Last week you said you grew up with your grandma this week, you said you, you never even knew your parents or your grandparents. This is odd how your story seems to change. Those sorts of people who change their story all the time, unfortunately, are not very trustworthy. That's not the kind of person you're going to buy life insurance from, and you're going to give them uh, a monthly check and say, yeah, I, I believe that you're really trustworthy. No, we want something and someone we can trust in. If, if a news station tells you one thing today and another thing the next week, if a politician tells you one thing today and the next thing tomorrow, you think, I can't trust a single word coming out of your mouth. It's hard because we are people who are designed to want to trust someone. We were, it's written on our hearts. It's part of how we were created to be, is to trust. But the problem is we all fail so when we look around and we look for people and things to trust in, we are utterly let down. And maybe even you don't trust anything or anyone anymore. But there is some truth that is good for us today. Is that God's word is eternally true. Eternally true. God's word is eternally true. And when you believe that and you live according to it, that God's word is true, then you will have actual true life. Life truly lived with a hope for today. You have something that you can actually believe, something that you can actually stake your life upon and bank every decision upon and every emotion upon and every, uh, every decision upon the word of God. You have hope for today, you have hope for tomorrow, and you have hope for 100,000 years from now. The very thing that we need in a day and age where we don't know what will come tomorrow where we don't know who or what we can trust, there's a hope that is everlasting. And that hope will never put us to shame, Romans tells us. And when we have a hope that is everlasting, a hope that we can bank our life upon, live upon, and live in, that is truly living. I invite you to open your Bibles to uh, Psalm chapter 119, verse 159 and 160. If you have a paper Bible, it's about halfway through your Bible. 
Psalm 119, and it'll be verse 159 and 160. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible where every verse refers to and points you to the Word of God. It talks about God's words. These are the words we will discover today that God's Word is eternally true, and when we believe that, then we will truly live. Psalm 119, verse 159. Listen to God's Word. It says, Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Question is, how can you know if a story is true? You know, when someone's telling you a story, how do you know that it's true? Like if someone was to tell you a crazy story, like they were frantically awoken by a sheep falling on them, which was collapsing their tent, which was parked right beside a sign that said, former military target area. Don't pick up metallic objects. They may explode and kill you. If you thought, yeah, right. A story of a person who has a tent beside that kind of sign of a sheep falling and waking them up, you wouldn't believe it for a second. You think that's a crazy kind of story that seems outlandish until I tell you and show you the sign that I parked my tent beside in 2011 and I tell you how the sheep woke me up. And you think, wow, okay. I, I know Corey lived in England where this happened and I, and I can look up the sign and I know him and I know that he's probably not going to tell me a, a lie. But you know that you can trust his story even if it seems to be crazy. The longer you know a person, the more you can begin to trust them. The, the longer you know them, you can trust the validity of their story. But more than just the longer you know them, but also the better you know a person. The more acquainted you are with a person, you can know whether their story is valid or not, or whether you can trust their story or not. So the longer you know a person, and the better you know a person will help determine your trust of them. Here in verse 160, it says, The sum of your word is truth. The, listen to these two words, very important. Your word. Your word. Whose word is it? This is the God who made the heavens and the earth. The God who is eternal. The God who was never created. The God who was and is and is to come. The God who is holy and mighty. The God who is just and loving. The God who is perfect in all of his ways. This is his word. So the the, the the more and the better you know him, the more you can trust the validity of his word. So the more you know God, the, the better you know God and, and know not just things about him, but know him, personally know him, you are going to be able to trust him more when he tells you whether it's difficult things or he tells you things that you have a hard time wrapping your mind around. You can trust him. The better you know him, the more you are able to trust him. His word is it's your word. This is the God who never lies. This is the God who is perfect. Remember that? His word. So the better you know him, the more you're going to trust him. But also the longer you know him. And the amazing thing about the longevity of knowing God is you might say, well, I've known God personally. I've had a relationship with God for 15 years. And, and, and you know, I, over those 15 years, I've, I've learned 
to trust and I've, I've learned that he has come through on everything he said in 15 years. Well, I only have 15 years experience, but I can come alongside someone who has 50 years experience of knowing God and I can look to them and say, well, you know God better and you can trust God better because you've seen over time that God, what he says, he does and God is true to you. And so the longer you know him, but it's not just limited to the time I know him or you might know him. You think back and you say, well, I can look back in history and I can see 200 years ago when, when William Carey and God never failed him. And I can look back 500 years ago and see Martin Luther and I can read all about how Martin Luther saw and understood and, and knew the faithfulness of God. So my, my longevity of knowing that God is faithful is not just because I've known him for 15 years. I can look back further and further. I can look back 1700 years at St. Augustine. I can look back 2,000 years at Paul and Peter and John. I can look back even further at Abraham. All these people give us the, the longevity of God's faithfulness, him proving over time what I say I do. And I, my story never changes. You know, if you only know someone for 10 minutes, you, you, may, you, you may trust them, and I hope you do. But that's not going to be as much trust that you have in them if you know them for a lifetime or if you can look back and say, this person has been trustworthy from the beginning of human history. That every human who's interacted with God has, has only, if they have eyes to see, have only been able to trust him. So the better you know God and the longer you know God, the more you're able to trust God. It says, the sum of your word. Well, his word is the thing that he's very communicated to us, not just the, the, the words of the Bible in, in general, but the principles, the rules, the laws, the commands, the promises, the historical accounts. Everything that he has said in his word is directly related to him. It's his word. And so if you begin to disbelieve or disobey the word, you realize you're disbelieving and disobeying God himself. This is his word. You know, sometimes we'll use the phrase, well, I'm not sure if I can trust your word or I take your word for it, right? It means we believe someone's word, what they have said. Well, the same is true when we come to God's word. The better we know him, the longer we know him, the more we can trust in this word. And this word, it says, the, the sum of it, it's not just one part. They're not just the parts we like. Not just the parts that are easy to understand, but the sum of it, all of his word. It says, the sum of your word is truth. And then the second part of the verse says, every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Every one, every jot or tittle, every little piece of, of recorded in the word of God, that is what is true. The sum of it. So if you add it all up, it's true. If one part on its own is true, because here's the thing, it's kind of like if you add salt water and fresh water, the one, it's not pure salt and it's not pure fresh anymore. Well, the truth is with God's word is if you add God's word to God's word, if you add the Old Testament to the New Testament, if you take what Jeremiah said and what Peter said and you add it, it's not going to uh, make it not valid anymore. Because every word of it is God's word. And if it is God's word, then it is true. And that's why it says the sum of your word is truth. 
That's why in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it tells us all scripture is breathed out by God and is useful for teaching and for correction and for training in righteousness. All of it. The sum of it. Not just the parts we like. Not just the parts that are easy, but all of it. And that's why we ought to be people of all the book. If we miss out on some of what God has communicated about himself, we're not going to know him as well as we could. So we're not going to trust him as well as we could. If you have ever struggled with your trusting in God, with your faith in God, with your leaning on God, if you've ever said, I don't know if I can trust him, or I don't know how to trust him better, I want to, I want to lean on him, I want to have faith in him. If you've ever questioned that, you also have to question, well, how much do I know him? And how can I be better acquainted with him? Well, the word of God, every bit of it, the sum of your words, that is truth. Every word of God is where we find more truth about who God is, what he is like, and how that is to transform us. The sum of the word, it says, the sum of your word, verse 159, is truth. It's truth. Of course it is. Of course it's truth. It is the truth. It is our gauge of truth. If, if your mind, if your body, if your society tells you one thing that opposes the word of God, you know who's lying, right? It's your mind and your body and your society. It's not the word of God. Your mind exists only as long as your life has existed. Your body's here for a moment and gone. Your society is changing in the next political scheme. You don't trust those things that are ever-changing. Trust the thing, the sum of the word that is eternal, and it is God's word. This is the God who does not change, the God who does not lie, the, guy who, the God who does not need to go back on anything he said or make a correction, because God is perfect in all of his ways, and that's why the sum of his word, all of his word, is truth. It is truth, and it is the truth. It teaches us what is true, what is false. It teaches us what is right, what is wrong. And it is the truth. So in, in your own mind and in, in a world where we're not sure what we can trust sometimes, and as Jeremiah 17 tells us, we can't even trust our own hearts because it's desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17, 9. We ought to have something to trust in. Well, praise be that God gave us his word. His word. His word, the sum of it, is truth. But it's not just truth that lasts for a moment. It's not just your truth or my truth. It's not just contingent upon something working out. His truth is eternal. Look at the second part of verse 160. Every one of your righteous rules endures forever. It endures forever. By nature, it, it must endure forever. By nature, the word of God cannot change. Do you know why? Because if it did change, that means God lied at some point. That means God lied. If his word changed, if he needed to go back, if he needed to correct himself, if he needed to contradict something he said earlier, that means God was not true. And it wasn't truth earlier. That, that what he said was not fully right. If God ever has to change uh, what he has communicated to us, then that's real uh, devastating when it comes to our understanding of the truth. His word is internal. It endures forever. If it did not endure, it would not be truth. If what you say today is not what you mean tomorrow, 
You didn't speak the truth today. Whether you like it or not, and whether it was an accident or not, it doesn't matter. God never makes that mistake. And so that's the good thing is we have that to trust in. We have that to always rely upon that God is not changing and he does not need to change. What God decrees is always true. What God has said is always true. What God has promised is always true. And it's this word, this word is where we can stake our lives. You know, you, you really want to trust people. You give banks your money, you trust them. Maybe because they're reputable, you know, but they could also fail you. Everything can fail you, but God. So we want something to be able to trust our lives in and trust our eternity to. We don't trust it to our own righteousness because that'll fail. I fail in my own good deeds. Well, I just dropped the ball today. I don't trust that. I don't trust a religious system. I don't trust my past and saying I checked the box one time. I don't trust that. I trust in God and his word. That's where I have life, true life. You know, life that is free of a burden, life that is truly lived, life that is satisfied. I have it in God and in his word. You see, in this, even in this section of the psalm, which begins at verse 153 to 160, three times he says this phrase, give me life. Three times he says, he says at 154, says, give me life according to your promise. In 156, he says, give me life according to your rules. And in 159, give me life according to your steadfast love. The steadfast love, the unchanging, unshaking love of God, the covenantal love that he promises to you if you're united with him. That love that is unshaking that no matter how unlovely you are, God says, I love you anyways. That love that will bring you safely home. That's what gives life. And so if you can't trust his love, if you can't trust his word, if you can't trust the promise that he gave to you, that, that if you repent and believe the gospel, if you trust in Jesus, if you unite yourself with Jesus, you are safe in my family. If you can't trust that, if you can't trust the promises he makes to Abraham, if you can't trust the promises he makes to you, what kind of life is it? It's a life of fear. It's a life of, of unease. It's a life of, of question. But that's not what God gives us in the gospel. Jesus Christ said it is finished, including your worry, including your fear, including your guilt and your shame. It is finished because we have the promise of God. Verse 154, give me life according to your promise. Give me life according to your rules. And so even there in 156, give me life according to your rules is like, I want to truly live. I want to live my closest with God I can because I know there and his truth and what he has said is good for me and not good for me is going to be best for me. And so give me life according to that. I want to live in accordance with your rules. I want to keep in line with you because I know it's only there that I'm truly living. Give me life according to your promise. Give me life according to your rules. And 159, give me life according to your steadfast love. And we can only really have life in his steadfast love if we believe him, if we believe his promises, if we can trust him. You know, you can trust God's word. When he says that he has come to save sinners, you can trust him. When he says you can be forever forgiven, you can trust him. When he says you are a child of God, you can trust him. When he says you're not condemned, that you'll have pleasures forevermore, that if you delight yourself in him, 
that you will have the desires of your heart. They will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You can trust him. And the way you do it is by knowing God. By knowing him. And how do you know God but through his word? You know him and, and he proves himself over and over. Tried and tested. Thousands of years, people have tried to discredit God and what he has said. They have never succeeded, nor will they ever succeed. Never. God always comes out on top. And so you can trust God as you know God better. The longer you know him, but the longer you also look back in history and see how God was faithful to Abraham and his promise. And he was faithful to the prophets and what he said through them. And he was faithful to the, to the disciples. And he has been faithful to you. Do you know God? And does that help you to trust him more? And does it help you to trust his word more? That, that each page, all the sum of his word, as you read it and you, and you understand the character of God, you see how trustworthy he is and what that can mean for you. Do you know God? Do you trust his word? And then do you truly live? Do you truly live? The only way you can truly live is if you trust the eternal word. In knowing that your hope is not just for a moment, not just because you had a promise that you're going to live tomorrow. You don't. But you have a promise that you can live forever, eternal with God, forgiven, free, that your sin has no more hold over you, that it has been done away with because of the Lord Jesus, that in him, he has taken the punishment for your sin and your record is clean. Do you have that to live upon? Are you truly living or are you captive to some sort of chain that says you're not good enough? You're not forgiven. You'll never be uh, in God's family. You won't go to heaven. Are you trapped or are you truly living? The only way we truly live is when we trust God's word, is when we know God personally. And the way we do that is through Christ. Through Christ. Through repenting of our, our trust in ourselves, through, through rejecting the sin that we've walked in that's contrary to God's way. We reject it and say, I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live for you. I want to know you more. I want to trust you more. And I want to truly live. And the way we do that is when we believe what this word says. I, I love verse 159. He says, consider how I love your precepts. Well, of course he loves them because in them he, get, he gets life. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth and only the truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. In a time where you, know, where you don't know what you can trust and you can't even trust your own heart sometimes and the decisions you make and the thoughts you have, it's good to know we can trust in God. So let's be a people then who know God better, but with his help, through his word, to truly live. Let's pray. God, you know each one of our needs here. You know what's going on inside our hearts. You know what's going on inside our heads. You know what's going on in our life, in our world, our society. And God, we are, are not alone in that, but we are also not forgotten by you. And so we are thankful for that. We're thankful that you are true and that this world that is so full of deception, so full of lies, and so, sometimes just, uh, just things that change so often, we don't know where we can look, but we know ultimately we can look to you to be our hope and our stay, to be our solid rock on which we stand to be the promises that we trust in and rely upon. And we thank you for the promise of the gospel. We thank you that if we trust in Christ, and if we leave our life in his hands, if we repent and believe that we will truly live 
from this moment that we can truly live free from sin and guilt. We can truly live knowing that we will spend eternity in your favorable presence at your right hand, that we will have pleasures forevermore. We'll get to see you face to face. God, thank you for this truth. Thank you for the hope that it gives us when sometimes we are hopeless. Thank you that we have a place that we can bank our lives upon. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. Amen.